And I'm like, hey, Jesus is coming on Sunday. And you know who else he's bringing with him? Hi, and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. I'm Audrey. And I'm Elliot. And this is the show where we ignore the very good conventional wisdom to never meet your heroes and instead get up close and personal with the lesser known legacies and real life bad behavior of some of history's most notable and beloved people. You know who's at the top of my beloved list this week? Matt Gates. Hard pass. Uh, more beloved will go down as more historically significant, interesting, and delightful than anything Matt Gates has ever done. Uh, who? Who was at the top of your list? That big boat. <laughs> the real big stuck boat. Oh my goodness. Ever Given, right? Is that is that the company or is it the boat? The boat is called Ever Given, I believe. Okay. I believe. You know what? Doesn't even matter to me. I love it anyway. I love her. <laughs> she's perfect. Gone now. Yeah. She's out here. $10 billion of trade every day. Boom. Down the drain. <laughs> Just gone. Just gone. Who else could do it? Yeah. I, I I do feel like, though, the time for boat jokes is kind of past. That ship has sailed. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be honest, that's actually the worst part of this. So <laughs> the boat, funny. Okay. Yikes. Can't believe that happened. Come on now. What a what an interesting conundrum. The jokes on Twitter are really <laughs> what got me. And I'll tell you why. Jokes about things like a stuck boat in a canal <laughs> lend themselves to not just any boat, but like economy destroying, like <laughs> capitalist disruptive, just a boat with containers stuck because of high wind. Like that scenario lends itself to this very specific combination, this Venn diagram of intellectual and absurdist jokes and like it's that sweet spot right in the middle one of my favorites for example was i want you to park that big container boat right in this little canal <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it so hard it's a sweet spot for your content yes just this little intersection between a cardi b lyric this very specific moment in time and this collective desire for something like a large boat to focus on <laughs> something as, anything yeah as a as a global point of interest and now the good times are over she's unstuck and i have nothing to look forward to i log on to twitter now and i'm like this is the same fucking hellscape that was here for the many years before this one week the boat was stuck <laughs> and we'll be here for the many years after well now you have this week's episode to look forward to i also understand that this week's episode is going to be that sweet spot between <laughs> intellectual comedy mm -mm, no, and absurdity no, nope incorrect. incorrect oh okay this is just the facts <laughs> just the facts nothing absurd nothing intellectual just the facts okay i mean i can make jokes about anything <laughs> they're not always good jokes but i can do my very best you going to ask me who this week's hero is? So speaking of bad jokes, who is this week's hero? Again, no jokes. Just the plan it straight. This... So speaking of the most boring episode we've done <laughs> with 
nothing interesting to talk about, middle of the road, moderate, snooze fest. Who is this week's hero? This week's hero is the Easter Bunny. So, Audrey, as a student of history, Mm -hmm. what do you know about the Easter Bunny? Like, the Easter Bunny? (laughs) Yes, yes, this is... It's a straightforward question. What do I know about the Easter Bunny? Um, you know, no one has ever asked me that in my life. <laughs> now I, you feel put on the spot. I feel put on the spot. I've never anticipated being asked what I know about the Easter Bunny, because to me, the Easter Bunny is just like a a stand-in for a holiday. Like I don't know, the Easter Bunny brings candy, and they they don't have a persona like the Tooth Fairy or a leprechaun or Santa Claus. It's just like a rabbit that hides eggs. Rabbits don't even lay eggs. <laughs> okay, so it's just okay. like a rabbit See, who has stolen some eggs and has hidden them around your house. We are establishing some facts. Okay, so this rabbit steals <laughs> eggs or something. Uh, this rabbit doesn't come all year. It comes around... I mean, ostensibly, it comes Easter morning. Easter yeah. morning. You wake right? up, you get real goosed on chocolate before you go to church... You go to church, all the children are super goosed on chocolate. No one can understand why none of the kids <laughs> give a shit about the sermon. Then you go home, you have some Easter Bunny cake. My mom always made an Easter Bunny cake. Nice, nice. And um, yeah, then you basically forget about the holiday until like the night before Easter the next year. And then you're like, oh, the Easter Bunny's coming tomorrow. I think you hit the high points. Okay, good. Yeah, so it is a bunny that has eggs, that comes on Easter, the, uh-huh. the Christian feast of the resurrection. Those things, when you say them out loud, don't seem to make a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, it's a combination of attributes. Yeah, and it's candy for kids, so we forgot the candy for kids. But it's also surprise candy for kids. Mm-hmm. This is not like a Christmas thing where you're like, I have a, a wish list of things. Like you Get wake, what you get. Yeah, you wake up on Easter morning, you're like, wow. Peeps does not take orders. Does not do. No, no orders and coins. Also coins. Did you get coins in your Easter? Yeah, I think you got Easter coins or something. Yeah. Yeah. Probably at some point, parents were like, "This is way too many fucking jelly beans." You got some pennies. (laughs) Like, like, let's throw some pennies in every three or four of these eggs so that just nice little choking hazard for you. (laughs) At least it's not sugar. All right. Well, I think I think this is right. Uh, so, let's get to the bottom of it and maybe even find out some of the things you think about the Easter Bunny aren't true. The Easter Bunny was born on April 9th, fifteen seventy-two. What? <laughs> which means it's time for Elliot's Geology Corner. So the birthstone for the month of April is diamond. Uh, So diamond is a solid form of the element carbon. It is the hardest and one of the most thermally conductive elements on planet Earth. There's other forms of uh, carbon like graphite that are chemically stable, but diamond does not ever convert to graphite. Yet one of the things that many people do not realize about diamond is that it is actually likely the most common gem in nature. Yeah, the diamond industry is a big scam. 
We should have a Meet Your Heroes Diamond episode because it is a real hustle. Well, funny you should mention that because I happen to have some diamond facts laid up. Okay. Uh, yeah, so 1857 was when the De Beer brothers in South Africa just like stumbled upon a diamond mine. And they were like, oh, diamonds. And they just bought up the entire supply of all the places around there where they thought they might be able to get into the mines. Mm. And then for the next hundred years, we're just like master marketers. So they came up with the diamonds are a girl's best friend. They came up with the whole idea of a diamond engagement ring. Like that wasn't a thing ever before. Uh, Yeah. And so they just like had this stranglehold 90% monopoly of the market until satellites and satellites went up, and then they could use them. They were supposed to be looking for oil and stuff, but they found all the places where there were diamonds, and then there were all these diamonds all over. And then the De Beers went, you know what they did? They found diamonds in Australia using these satellites, and they went and they bought all the exclusive rights to distribute those diamonds in Australia. Mm. And then they found them in Russia, and they bought all the rights from the USSR. Uh, sure. Actually, before it was Russia, present day. But, uh, yeah, eventually all of that, Collapse like '96, Australia pulled out of this deal, and diamonds started flooding the markets. And I didn't know this. In 2005, there was a federal suit in U.S. court where they actually got sued for their monopoly. Like this, this thing has ended. It started to crumble. Where they actually had to pay money. Everybody who bought diamonds between like 1970 and 1990 something actually was owed a check. Wow. For the collusion and the artificial constraint of the market. So it's all a big scam. Like, yeah, I, officially, literally, legally a scam. Yes, I did not know any of the legal parts of it. I've never done a deep dive into the history of the diamond market, but I fully understand the idea that the value of a diamond is a false construct and has been since essentially diamonds became quote-unquote valuable. Yeah. Uh, so if people want to hear more about Nyman's next week, where can they find us? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, where were we? We were talking about the Easter Bunny. Hold on. <laughs> Back to my notes. So the Easter Bunny is now bringing everyone diamonds because <laughs> yes. they're cheap as shit. It's basically jelly beans. Yes. It's true. They should be. It should be jelly beans, basically. Yeah. It's, they're beautiful, shiny rocks. Very hard. Hard A whole rocks. bunch of dinosaurs died for. <laughs> yes. You're wearing a dinosaur. Thank you, dinosaur carbon. Or meteorites. Didn't know that either. Meteorites. Yeah. Okay, we can be done talking about diamonds, but you can manufacture a diamond in a lab, and yes. that should indicate to you that it is not this like rare thing that happens in nature, but it is a capitalist uh, tool that helps signify wealth. Artificially. And that's why I actually only wear real di- uh, dinosaur blood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not carbonized dinosaur blood, just like a vial of dinosaur blood around my neck. That's always a good move. Keep mm-hmm. keep your money in a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, <laughs> so how the Easter Bunny was born. So if we go back to Britain after the fall of the Roman Empire. Where we left off in your last episode. Perfect. Great timing. Mm-hmm. The Empire's fallen, so there are people living in Britain that are indigenous. There are people that are Germanic tribes that had come to the island. Uh, These people are all pagan, and they have a goddess name, Uster. Spell that for me. (laughs) So, E-O-S-T-R-E. Slower? E-O-S. Us. Okay. T-R-E. Ter. Okay. 
spelled a lot of different ways. Sure. There were feasts that were celebrated all spring. They mm-hmm. actually named this whole month uh, Oster after this goddess. Wow. We'd now call it April. Okay. But there was this entire month of celebration and feasting, and historians uh, Ernaud and Millet wrote in the 70s that little is known about the goddess Oster definitively, but she certainly represented spring fertility and love and carnal pleasure that leads to fertility. The pagans have in this month the sex parties. Okay. Live in life. Enjoying okay. April a lot. I can co-sign that. That's fine. That's fine. You know what? I saw a tweet <laughs> that was like, you think seasonal depression isn't real until the first 50 degree day of sunshine hits and it feels like you've done a molly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's real. People get that sunshine and they are ready to live again. Yes. And and live they do. Mm-hmm. So uh, this goddess, Erster, right? Poppin' Molly's in the spring. Poppin' Molly's in the spring mm-hmm. has this Österherr, or Österherr, as okay. you say <laughs> in German. First big lie. So this this bunny here mm-hmm. is not a bunny. Okay. I think this is the biggest bullshit. So if you go to the records, uh, one, Easterherr, right, this Österherr or Hur, originally we think it's a rabbit because... Bunny means a young rabbit. Okay. I had to check this. I had to confirm. Bunny, you check, it's a pet name for a rabbit. It goes back to the 1600s. It's this, you can trace the etymology to Scotland. It's very clearly a pet name for a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Dictionary.com, Wikipedia, Merriam-Webster, all agree, bunny means rabbit. This goddess's Österhara is a hare. It's a hare. It's not a rabbit. And I, these are two different animals, all right? This is... Rabbits are smaller. They have shorter ears than hares. They're... Is this like a crocodile alligator scenario? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's offensive. It's offensive to the hares out there that we're getting them confused. I'm sure after they listen to this <laughs> this episode, they will be up in arms and grateful to you for clarifying to the world. Yes. They deserve credit. They do. Yeah. Rabbits prefer to hide. They're like a bushy, like runaway scared animal. Hares don't take that shit. They live out in the open. Just in like a prairie. They run from the enemies. They don't fight them. They just run, but they don't hide. They're fast. Tell me more. <laughs> what else <laughs> do you want to know? Rabbits live in burrows. Okay. The hares, bigger, braver, mm-hmm. bolder. Yes. And they are the rightful Easter hares. Would the confusion have been because of geography? Like only hares existed in that location at that time, but then the rest of the world was like, that's a fucking bunny. Yes, yes. Disrespecting hairs like that. Specifically dumb Americans. Spoiler alert, when it comes to America, that's when we get confused. Well, I mean, yeah. So there are a lot of things that Americans cannot tell apart. Hairs and rabbits. (laughs) Hairs and rabbits are one of them. I'm not surprised. Okay, so this pagan goddess, right, has this hair. Mm Mm-hmm. And just to recap. Just to recap. So far, we are outraged. Yes. She, because all, it is... The month of April is the sex celebration. Yep. And before, we thought it was the Jesus celebration. No, yes. No, it's... it's We're definitely a sex celebration of this pagan goddess, Oster. Okay. Point one. Point two. She has a hair. 
She has a hair. It is not a rabbit. It is, it is not, a, not a bunny. Fuck you. Yes, it's not a bunny. It and, will fight you. Yes, and in the spring, it will have sex a lot, right? In a time celebrating fertility, there is a very clear emphasis on the sex the rabbit has. If you're going to pick a mascot for sex having to go along with your... Sex festival. Sex festival. The hair is a is a natural fit. It's a great mascot. I mean, you're not going with like a tortoise. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you imagine tortoise sex? I mean, ostensibly, yes, I could <laughs> imagine it, but for this cause, no. This is a very tortoise in the hair scenario, in which case the tortoise, like, disqualified. Yes. So after the fall of Rome, these pagans are having their festival, having a grand old time, and Pope Gregory, around the year 600, sends like 40 monks and says, hey, you go over there to Britain and convert these people. They're pagans. They should be Christians. Go do it. And he has a strategy. And it's a pretty good strategy. It's very effective. His strategy is these are pretty easygoing people, but they're pretty superstitious. They don't want to be on the wrong side of the pagan gods. So he says, how about you just go in and whatever festivals they have, whatever celebrations they have, just keep them. Just give them a new name. Just keep them. And, and we'll come up with some Christian stuff. And they're like, all right. Within 100 years, basically, everybody in Britain is a Christian. Wow. It means that you have like things like, oh, we had this month-long sex party festival. <laughs> what is that? And they're like, what was it called? They're like, Ooster? And they're like, oh, well, did I ever tell you about the Jesus thing called Ooster? <laughs> yeah, we're just going to slap a little tail on this O, and now it's an A. Yeah, Boom. I mean, like, if... if Right, it's it, the spelling in the old English is strange. If you just write it in today's present English, it would be called Easter, and they called mm. it Easter before. Mm. And the new the new Jesus thing is now going to be called Easter. Mm. And they're like, "Oh, what is Easter about?" They're like, "It's about the resurrection." They're like, "It's about what?" And they're like, "Jesus rise from the dead." They're like, "During the sex thing." They're like, "It's the same time. It's called the same, <laughs> but it's a different thing. It's a different thing now." How did none of this make it into the Bible? Right, <laughs> the bunny didn't. So like, okay, so they have this sex hair festival okay. and and it's primarily about fertility and like virility yeah it's right a, it's not just like orgies this is like a celebration of the fertility the birth of humans yes and the fertility like more goddess. birthing more connectedness the greenness of the earth around this time yes, yes. over the next several hundred years to a thousand years some very long time period yes. but okay the dark ages which as uh, good historians will remind you, is, are not dark because they were just a darkness of human experience, but because we don't have a lot of sources about what was going on at the time. I mean, I've seen the art from that time period, and I'll tell you what, it is not, it does not fill you with hope. <laughs> okay, fair. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty dark feudal experience as well, mm -hmm. so it's not like a great time yeah. to be alive. Right. During this time, these traditions are commingling. Mm-hmm. And so by the time we get to the year like 1525 is the first time we start to see Christian iconography that incorporates the rabbit with the Mother Mary as a symbol of fertility. Wow. The rabbit is like the pet rabbit being petted by the Virgin Mary, 
And it's a white rabbit to symbolize the virginity, but it's also a rabbit to symbolize, symbolize the fertility, which is an interesting conundrum. Mm-hmm. As these traditions co-mingle, one of the um, unexpected consequences is the emphasis of the fertility in the depictions of Jesus. I'm uncomfortable with any depiction of Jesus's fertility. Yeah. Because you know what? He's supposed to be like a Kindle. You just remove the <laughs> robe, it's all smooth. Nothing there, just he's he's just a figure of goodness and carpentry. So you would think, right? Mm-hmm. But at the time when Renaissance paintings start to feature the human form more broadly, Depictions of Jesus, one, as a baby, start to be centered around his genitalia exposed. Yes. Right? So, mm-hmm. like, yes, either a bunch of people with their hands on baby Jesus' penis or showing it and it's in the center of the frame and, like, everything is constructed around it. Mm-hmm. I'm aware, yes. Yes. Uh, the There was a term, ostentation. Ostentatio genitalium, basically like ostentatious genitalia, was like the the form of painting, right? Yeah, and there's a whole conversation about power dynamics. We will not get into that on this episode. I will find an artist who was a shitbag, but also drew a bunch of baby Jesus's penises, and we'll yes. get them on this episode. Yes. Um, the part of this that is interesting for our hair. Mm-hmm. is that as these fertility symbols are incorporated, there's also an analogous surge in the depictions of how do you tie in this fertility celebration with this resurrection celebration? And so, like, I mean, I guess my question at this point, so now we're a thousand years later. So in whatever 600, the Pope was like, go over, convert these heathens. And they're like, hey, check it out. This is our fertility celebration. And it means this, 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 and this. And a thousand years later, we still have artists trying to sort of like co-mingle that symbolism. Well, yeah, the the things about the symbolism are that they both kind of coexisted uncomfortably for a while. And we, okay. and we lack a lot of first-hand sources during this period. Of course. But by the time we get to this period, like 800 to 1,000 years later, what we're starting to see is that they are the pagan traditions and the Christian traditions are both like old enough where no one who like knew a time before them has been alive for hundreds of years. Got it. And so they both feel equally valid mm-hmm. to the church now in a way that they previously, it was like about one overtaking the other. Now they've both been around so long in this place that they're all seen as like these ancient valued things. Okay. So the end result is by the time they've commingled for long enough, the idea of celebrating the fertility festival and the resurrection of Christ happen for long enough together that people start to depict the resurrection with a lot of the symbols of the fertility celebrations, including a new uh, pattern and a new device of drawing the resurrected Christ with an erection. Yeah, I was just about to say, is it? are we going to resurrection erection? Like, is that, <laughs> I didn't even... Be, because, yes, yes. okay, here we are at the resurrection erection. Uh, I have some pictures for you. Please no. Okay, so just to clarify, I said please no reactionarily, but I will consent to seeing this. Okay. I haven't. Here we go. Here's the first one. Pretty obvious. And gross. Yeah, and gross. It's like a loin. So just to be clear, if you check the social media, you can see this too. In contrast to the infant Jesus, 
mm-hmm. whose genitalia were almost always exposed or frequently exposed. Yeah. The adult Jesus erections are never shown exposed. They're mm-hmm. always covered with a loincloth. Mm-hmm. They're like, implied. They're implied. They're loincloths doing things that loincloths do not do on their own. According to the laws of gravity. I mean, this one is hard to miss. It's also hard to see. <laughs> Uh, I think this is this is the worst one by far. It. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to post these on our social media in this order with timestamps <laughs> of this episode so people can see because um, it doesn't get better. What? Or, yeah, describe what you're looking at. I would prefer not to. <laughs> um, what I am looking at is it appears to be some sort of charcoal drawing or uh, some other print by Ludwig Krug and there are three people in the in the image uh, Jesus Christ himself is centered there are two people in the in the um, background Jesus is like in the foreground Jesus is wearing a enormous crown of thorns like at this point it is just like a um, helmet a, a helmet of thorns he has his hands bound he's got the what are they called not stigmata uh yeah the stigmata oh stigmata okay yeah so he's he is alive but his hands are bound and he has the stigmata holes in his hands so he's clearly like been through the crucifixion but still alive he's sitting up still alive now his eyes are open he is bare from the neck to his hip bones and then from his upper thighs to his knees, which is all that's in the photo, it's also bare skin. But between his hip bones and his upper thighs, there is fabric that is draped gently around his buttocks, but then sort of like bound up in the shape of what I would say is like if you took a potato and put paper <laughs> towels around it and then stacked right on his groin. Yeah, and it's like the part around his groin is like not loosely draped. It is like tightly wrapped it like is, a mummy. It is as if you took a potato, <laughs> a full russet potato, and wrapped it in fabric and then just like long ways affixed it to his groin. Yes. Vertically. Um so again, at the time people saw this, nobody thought it was strange. Sure. I mean, okay. Maybe he's into that sort of thing. We don't know. Yeah, I mean it's strange, if nothing else, because nothing in Christianity is at all about Jesus' actual human fertility. No, it also would imply that he came down off the cross with a heart on oh. versus died on the cross. Yeah. Like, there's a whole separate narrative at that point, which is that he has been crucified. He has gone through the process. He has provided salvation. And he is still alive and erect. Yeah. And and there are some theological like uh, justifications for this that have been offered in present days. Uh, the interesting thing to notice is that like if you are in parts of the world that are Christian but not British with this fertility goddess festival, mm-hmm. uh, they don't have a lot of this. Right. You have okay. some Renaissance painters who are like doing it in the vicinity, but it is mostly centered on this place where this pagan tradition is present and active and part of the culture. Yeah, where they're trying to, like, sell a very specific narrative. Yes. 
So this is a big leap. This is a real big leap that we went from Erster and her hair to here. Yes, because now jelly beans. Well, okay, yes. (laughs) So you're probably wondering then. (laughs) We've got a rabbit that, when it's trying to be incorporated by the Catholic Church, ends up resulting in the depiction of Jesus's erections. And this is for. I just need to pause for a second because at no point. In the history of this podcast, did I ever imagine this being the direction that we would go? It is a lot for me, as an audience member of this story, to grapple with. Again, lesser-known legacies. Meeting my hero, the Easter Bunny, (laughs) and I'm learning a lot more about other things than the Easter Bunny. (laughs) Okay, but we're back. Lesser-known legacies. This bunny has has a story what this bunny does not yet have is eggs where would this bunny get eggs so this is a very good question uh we've not yet at any point in the historical record seen this bunny have any eggs but if you'll remember at the beginning april 9th 1572 is the easter bunny's birthday and that is because that is easter sunday on the year for the very first time when The earliest reference in a Germanic text says, Do not worry if the Easter Bunny escapes you. Should we miss his eggs, we will cook the nest. Feels like some things got lost in translation (laughs) and or someone does not understand zoology at all. Yeah. Bunny, bunny nest. Um, First of all, they've, they've given, they've given it over to a bunny. They've, they've confused it already at this point for the first time. Uh, Although it's not clear in the original German, I don't have the original translation if they were actually saying the Easter hare at this stage, too. We've moved past that. We have bigger problems now at this point. Now someone thinks that a rabbit has eggs. Yes. So the closest we can find in the historical record is that what actually happened was the goddess Ostra, Öster, according to records found found written in 1883, actually had a bird... That she turned into a hare, and she felt so bad that once a year she would let this hare lay eggs in forgiveness or uh, to say sorry for turning you into a hare. Just because this story is so rich in character and uh, parallel plots, I want to recap right here because I'm a bit confused. So you're saying... At some point in the 1880s, someone who was not alive thousands of years before when Ursher and her egg were alive somehow introduced into the historic record that, whoops, Daisy, (laughs) Ursher actually meant to say she had a bird that she turned into a bunny and then felt guilty and during all the sex, let this bunny have an egg. No, let this bunny lay its eggs because... The bunny is actually laying the eggs itself. But this is just someone in the 1880s, like, riffing on what they think happened in history thousands of years before. Yes. Now, did they find some historical artifact that told them that this was the true story? We don't know. No. (laughs) I know. No. If they are the first ones in the 1800s to be like, oh, hold on. Uh, Seems like there might be a, a gap between how there's a hair and now some eggs, we're going to need something to fill that gap. I'll do that for you. Yes. I mean, that's that's fair. I think there's other reasons to suggest that this 
discovery in the 1800s may not be strictly speaking historically true uh, because it, there's also this is the first time uh, you know between 1570 and 1880 uh, the first time we see a reference to the idea that the Easter hare is actually a judge of children the hits keep coming <laughs> yes so someone decided or discovered it's unclear uh, that the hare's <laughs> actual role was as a judge deciding whether children were naughty or nice and if they were good the hare would lay eggs for them because this is, this is a sexed up Santa. They're like, OK, so Santa came about four months ago. My shitty kid is acting up. I need something to hold above their head. And I'm like, hey, Jesus is coming on Sunday. And you know who else he's bringing with him? This <laughs> bunny who is probably pretty fucking mad at you because you won't make your bed. And now we're here. Yes. Yes. We are, we are here. <laughs> Unfortunately, so... <laughs> So, as this is happening, this is around the time... I like how this is the first time in this entire episode. We are now like 20, 30 minutes in where you have said, unfortunately, (laughs) sir, all of this information is unfortunate. I have not heard a single thing this entire episode that I would say, that's fortunate. (laughs) Thank you for that information. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. That is that is fair. So we're now at the point in the story where the sex goddesses bird, bird turned turned rabbit is distributing their eggs according to the virtues of children. Yes, yes. The virtues of children part only shows up with the Christianity, so there's probably something wrapped up in the whole judgment thing there, too. Oh, you think? Yeah. Um, you you so. think the sex goddess has <laughs> concerns about the virtues of children? Probably, <laughs> probably not till it's Christian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Next up, Lil Nas X is going to make an appearance. <laughs> He's got, he's got a music video to say something about this. Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> um, these German immigrants now are migrating to America. Bring the Easter hare over. Uh, it becomes more broadly known and translated as the Easter bunny. Um, the unfortunate part, though, is that just in a freak mix-up of translations, uh, mm-hmm. as some of those German immigrants get to Sweden, uh, it it gets translated as the Easter wizard. And so... I like that better. So, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, there, there is an Easter wizard that does claim some of this lineage as well. Currently, actively, like, has disputes out in the courts of uh, <laughs> mythological creatures. Like, I'm really, you know, <laughs> they've got a, a suit against the... A trademark suit against the Easter Bunny. Like, this is actually my jam. It does seem... I looked to see if there were still contemporary celebrations of the Easter wizard. I could find very quick reference to the Easter witches that are celebrated in some of those countries, but I don't know if the Easter wizard is still celebrated as broadly. Their suit got struck down. Yeah, it seems like they did not get the win. I think this is... By 1835, this essentially takes on the flavors that we know, which is that there is a magical egg-laying bunny that is Christian and is very interested in Jesus' resurrection that happens to coincide with the celebration of the fertility goddess that goes by the same name. And Jacob Grimm of... The Grimm's Fairy Tales, mm. a fame, right at this point, quote, the Easter hare is unintelligible to me, end quote, um, which I think is a fair summation of what the fuck is going on. This man who wrote all these stories is like, this one I don't fucking get. Yeah. This one's just like, um, yeah, so there's this witch in the swamps who lives in a 
house with bird legs and eats children. And they're like, cool. Okay, got it. Got it. Got yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That one tracks. That one tracks. Uh, sex bunny. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thanks. No, thanks. That one's too far. <laughs> yes. Uh, so if for no other reason than even the father of modern fairy tales himself cannot make heads or tails of this hair. Uh, the Easter Bunny is unfortunately not my hero. Not mine either. And this is honestly the first time I've ever thought critically about what the fuck the Easter Bunny was doing at <laughs> Easter. Like, there were, I mean, I didn't grow up in, again, did not grow up in a super religious household, like middle of the road, Methodist, middle of the country sort of religion. But there was never a time in my life that the story of the Easter or like the relevance of the Easter bunny was clarified in the context of what the fuck this bunny yeah, is doing. Because nobody fucking knew. At this holiday. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, please find all the eggs because <laughs> it's 1994. We use real eggs. And if you do not find all of them, our house is going so to bad. smell so bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, like... The, that, like, lack of examination, uh, so one of the things we didn't get into is that there's a whole set of Christian uh, denominations that don't celebrate, you know, some of them don't celebrate any holidays. But sure. Many of them don't celebrate Easter because it all it is all just, like, pagan all the way down. We didn't get into it, but even, like, the, the specific dyeing and coloring of the eggs, mm -hmm. that is a way pre-Christian tradition that started in Eastern Europe. Like, nothing about any of the ways that we currently celebrate it had anything to do with anything except, like, forest spirits until uh, some people were like, yeah, yeah, just bring it into church. That's fine. Keep doing that. Wow. And, yeah, it just uh, goes totally unexamined. So, I I'm, mean, you can assign value to anything in retrospect. Oh, yeah, those eggs, that yeah. is the birth of something new and renewal and blah, blah, blah. Sure. I just think it's funny. Like, if for all of the times I've seen a Keep Christ in Christmas campaign, I've never seen a Keep the Sex Goddess in Easter campaign. No. And, and you won't. And you probably won't. Mm -mm. No. I wonder if we should send this episode directly to Ben Shapiro so he can be mad at us about it. Oh, I do like this. <laughs> if Ben Shapiro would like more things to be mad at about us uh, on an ongoing basis, where can you find us? They can find us on social media at Your Heroes Pod or on our website at MeetYourHeroesPodcast.com. Yep. And please like, share, rate, review, spread the word, tell your friends. And until next week, don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. Bye.